Hey folks, it's uh, Stephen here, joined by Stacy, uh, for this uh, very special intro to Volume Eight: uh, Shimmer Herstory. Uh, Stacy, how are you? I am well, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so I was cleaning up my computer the other day, and I noticed that there was an issue of Shimmer Herstory that from July of 2019 that I never edited and released. Ooh, you're saying <laughs> uncovered, unreleased archival rare footage yes. of our podcast. Yeah, it, it's it's a lost episode. And I thought, you know, maybe we should put it out there for people. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Definitely. I think it's great that after eight episodes, we already have a lost episode to, to uncover. <laughs> it sounds about right for us. Well, we were working at a blistering pace before then, anyways. Um, so, so that was July of 2019. And um, I want to say, first of all, I don't know what we talked about. But second of all, I want to say that a lot of things we said may make no sense because the world is not the same. It's a completely different world, so yeah. God knows <laughs> how young and carefree and optimistic and wide-eyed we were back then. <laughs> we were In the good old like days of 2019. Yeah. Who knows? And we might even promised like specials and like more episodes of this show too, which obviously didn't happen. So our apologies uh but uh yeah speaking out covid uh the election black lives matter um hopefully nothing we say is horrible um but we just wanted to add that context just in case like you know cut us some slack we couldn't see the future (laughs) well who can really so yeah basically we have no idea what we said no idea what it's about and it's a completely different world now, but enjoy. Thanks, everyone. folks welcome back to shimmer history volume eight you know what we didn't do last podcast introduce ourselves i'm stephen graham and i'm joined by stacy how are you doing g'day mate yeah i'm good uh yeah we're <laughs> we've been out of practice so, I guess so. so if it was us. a mystery last podcast about who was talking it was us mm. we we didn't bring in ringers Still just Stacy and Steven. Yep, exactly. Um, so what's going on? We got volume eight. It's the second night of the October 22nd tapings, uh, from 2006 at the Eagles Club. It's the, the last tapings of 20, 2006, which is exciting. Um, we've decided that we'll do kind of a, a year in review little thing, uh, on the next podcast. And we're going to kind of do a special, um, we, uh, uh, we'll we'll go into details when that special comes out. Um, you know, don't want to spoil yeah. anything. Um, so let's move on to this show, 
which starts off very comically in my books. Sarah Del Rey, dressed like a school teacher or librarian, just uh, recapping her feud with Mercedes very casually. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> doing the scholarly work of giving <laughs> like, the background. <laughs> like Sarah Del Rey is such a badass in the ring, and here she is. Like she could be, uh, you know, teaching you mathematics. It was. <laughs> And, like honestly, it took me like a few seconds to recognize her because she had the glasses on. <laughs> like, yeah. like oh right, <laughs> like it's you. It's but, a- yeah, I'd never seen her wear glasses before, so it was very strange. It, it's so amazing the stretches they go to make it feel like it's not recorded the same day. Like everyone has, if they wear more than one outfit, has a second outfit on. They do yeah. these like back. Uh, backstage stuff where they're all dressed differently like it's it's really interesting the effort they go to do that yeah and they're always like they're cutting promos where they say on the last volume yeah you know this girl did blah 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 and i just think you clearly taped this like as that was happening like it wasn't (laughs) like the last volume it was right now like like, two minutes ago five seconds ago you know (laughs) it actually probably hadn't happened yet they probably did this promo before if they, if they did the promos first then yeah like literally so <laughs> so but they do they do try and differentiate them yeah and they like everyone is wearing like a different outfit like if they have it it's it's pretty yeah. cool that they do that because that's an attention to detail that a lot of companies wouldn't do um and then there's some wrestlers who always wear the same outfit regardless of ever like in the wwe you're not allowed to change colors anymore no, you're not even allowed to wear street clothes anymore. Like, yeah. I feel like that. I don't happened. know. If... Yeah, street clothes eliminating was weird. They did that a little while ago. Yeah, but I feel like, like it obviously 80... people walk around in real life in their wrestling tights and their oh, yeah. like merchandise shirt on. Like, it's like ugh, it's one of those things. It's like it's so insane. Like, no human would act like this. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it was like maybe like eighty seven when Hogan stopped wearing different colors and just switched to yellow and red. And like, since then you have like, there's very few people like Macho Man and Warrior who like changed outfits and you just kind of like, Oh, you're the, you're, you wear orange. Okay. I guess I wear orange all the time. It's (laughs) really weird. Um, Yeah. And then in turn, like it's really jarring when someone changes it. Yeah. You know, because, like, I mean, I remember, like, someone like Seamus, I think. Seamus wore, like, the same color for years. Like, he just had, I think it was, like, he sort of, like, green, like, Irish kind of outfits. Yeah. And then one day he, like, turned up in red trunks. And I was like, who is that? Like, yeah. it just, and it, it becomes really, like, jarring when they then try to change things. Yeah. Because it's like they've spent so much time making it, like, this is what this guy looks like all yeah. the time. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so rare. There's a few guys who can get away with it but uh it's very rare and very off topic so let's get to the show this <laughs> one right. shimmer who this one has a lot of matches um and very few promos because they have so many matches but there was a dark match uh was there? This, yeah sarah del rey defeated laura lee in two minutes and 18 seconds huh. i wonder why and then laura lee is in the opening match against Lexi Fife. So listed on Wikipedia, they're right after each other. So I don't know what it yeah. was like. 
uh, in the the audience, you see back to back Lorelai Lee matches. That's just weird. <laughs> so yeah, and why would she have a random two minute dark match and then just come out for the opener? That sounds really. <laughs> I know, eh? Strange. And, like, was it on this volume, or was it maybe before the first volume? Which also had Laura Lightly in the opener. So, Yeah, either way. Like, <laughs> when I, was this I recorded? No yeah, very weird. Yeah. A um, mystery. <laughs> it is. But, uh, so, moving on to the show that we actually got to see, Laura Lightly versus Lexi Fife. Um, uh, just, yeah, this was a Shimmer opening opener with uh, Lexi being the vet against Lorelai Lee who is the rookie trying stuff. She had a good little handspring elbow um, but as she tried to hit it, Fife just put up her knees. That was the coolest part of the match to me. Uh, but yeah, this was yeah. just a, kind of a squash uh, but a fun one. Yeah, like it, I don't know if it was but it felt shorter than like even last volume's opener. Like it was just kind of like a four or five minute It was actually you know, longer. Really? Yeah. Wow. It didn't feel like it. Like, no, it didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. Like, first of all, Garth Brooks. But um, second of all, I'll get over it at some point. Um, but like, all, yeah, okay, like, Garth Brooks, but Lexi Fife comes out to Sugar Ray. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's also true. <laughs> and who's cooler? Um, the dude from Sugar Ray or Garth Brooks? Hey, he hosted like ET or something like that. One of those. Good on him. Well, yeah. Well, see, my my thing is that like my parents were like weirdly super into country music in the nineties, and so like I grew up on Garth Brooks. And what was country music like in Australia? Like, did you have your own country music bands? We do have our own country music. Yeah, we like we still do. Like, it's we have a lot of. Australian country music artists like uh do you have like do you have like in Canada out west we have like ranches and um you know that cowboy we have like a cowboy area of Canada is there a cowboy area of Australia yeah I think you could like roughly is there cowboy hats and rodeos do you have rodeos in Australia I don't know if we have rodeos. I don't think we have, like, the same cowboy culture, if that makes sense. But we absolutely have, like, farmers and ranches and, you know, and cattle. and <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> and farmers, things like farmers that. and cowboys are different. Yeah. Uh, in Australia, they wear uh, Akubra hats, which are, like, kind of our cowboy hats, I guess, but just a bit different. Um, and, yeah, and we absolutely, like, have a lot of, like, farmers, like, have a very big sort of, you know, farmer culture like you know in the bush and yeah like it's yeah we absolutely do and we absolutely have a pretty big country music scene um particularly uh the more north you go like north like northern and country new south wales um and queensland um is where most of the farming is and most of that kind of culture would be like there's a town in new south wales called tamworth which is like kind of like our nashville like it's where okay. it's the home of country music and they have like a big country music festival and we have our own country music awards like like things like that like we actually okay. do have a pretty big country scene like keith urban obviously is over there now but like he would have originally come out of our country music scene oh. for an example but yeah we do uh 
what the hell are we? Oh, that's right, Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering like, if you were going to get, get Shania Twain or not, but I guess not. It was she. Oh. She made it in this in Australia, right? Oh yeah. Okay, she was worldwide. Yeah, she's okay. huge everywhere. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like my my parents. How come no really... one's coming out to Shania Twain? Well, that's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I will pop. I'll pop really hard if it happens. Let me Someone's tell you. Someone's got to. Damn, I feel like a woman is like amazing. The Canadian soccer team were using it at the World Cup just recently. Were they? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're all over it. So (laughs) it would be great entrance music. Oh yeah. (laughs) How did Natty not come out to that? Oh, that's a missed opportunity right there. She's from fucking like. Oh, she's from Calgary. Yeah, Shania Twain's yeah. Well, I know she's Canadian. I don't know where she's, she's from. Not from but... Calgary, but she's from she's from that like music area. So yeah, yeah interesting. Anyways, uh, anything on this first yeah. match? <laughs> yeah, no, really I, I don't really have a lot on the opener, as you can see, because we're talking about <laughs> Australian country music. Um, yeah, this is basically like <clears throat> excuse me. This is basically like the Lexi Five special, if anything. Like oh, yeah. she was just kind of doing her kind of old school heel tricks, like talking to the ref a lot, you know, like, trying to cheat. So, like, I really like how Lexi Fife's, like, in-ring strategy and, like, healing strategy is, like, to do something to cheat, like, to, like, pull hair or choke or use the ropes or whatever and stuff, and the ref will admonish her, and she'll talk to the ref and be like, oh, my God, it, are you serious? Is that cheating? Oh, my, I am so sorry. Okay, I'm... <laughs> will, it fix, will it fix things if I continue doing it like she just like she has this look on her face like i'm so sorry as she continues to do it like <laughs> yeah it's pretty good it's like oh so yeah I'm so- oh yeah. i'm sorry was that bad oh let me just boom oh really it's still bad <laughs> so i mean yeah like this basically yeah there wasn't really much else to this match and it was over pretty quickly so yeah um we digress yeah second match is really the main event uh, <laughs> yes, we, we got Cindy Rogers for Serena. In my heart. <laughs> yeah. And man, this this was good. Um so first of all, you have Well you have Cindy okay, Rogers okay, not okay, doing but, anything but, wrong. First of all, okay. no, like first of all, bef- again, before the match we need to talk about the music because what the fuck is Serena's music? I don't I didn't write it down. It's another wildly inappropriate <laughs> hip-hop tune for a very white girl. <laughs> I don't know why, but there it is. Anyway, yes, continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just let, So, like, the early part of the match, Cindy Rogers is basically just wrestling like Brett does when he faces another face, right? Like, not a heel, but just, you know, someone's got to be a little more aggressive than the other one to tell a story. Yeah. And Alice in Danger is not fucking having it at all. (laughs) I don't know what her problem is. I think it's because she, like, sniffed cheating in the last show when she pulled those tights, and now she's just like, well, fuck Cindy Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part is Alice in Danger goes, Dave, you need to remind me that later I need to talk to Cindy Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) Because I might forget, and I'm damn angry about this. I'm really absent-minded, but I need to talk to Cindy and possibly murder her because she's cheating. 
<laughs> you can't cheat and shiver, damn it. Um, it's, oh, oh, it's so funny. But it's like, but you're right. Like, she wasn't, like, overly cheating. She was just, like, kind of being a bit more surly, a bit more aggressive. Like, she was the old, like, subtle heel kind of Bret Hart role. Like, you're right. That's exactly it. Like, something also, something happened in this match that I used five exclamation points for. And I don't know who put it on, but somebody put on a guillotine, like, that was upside down. (laughs) I don't remember. And it... And I, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't physically know how you're doing that. And it looked really disgusting, like a really good submission. And I like, I flipped out and now I didn't write down who put it on and now I'm mad, but it was a really good move. I did write anyway, that Cindy did a very vicious submission for the win. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and that, and that wasn't even the, the finishing one. That was just another one, but you're right. Like there was another one. Yeah. She did do some cheap shots um, and she did work the knee. But afterwards is when Allison, you know, really lost it because Cindy just stopped her knee, the bad knee, after the match. Yeah. Fuck. In, in Shimmer? Can you believe that? I mean... <laughs> Who does she think she is? This fucking prick, right? Like... <laughs> how, how, how are you dealing with this? I... Look, I've been struggling. I watched I watched the show like you know a couple of days ago as we record this and I look I haven't been sleeping a lot uh it's it's been hard Cindy you know she was my hero she was all that was pure and good in this in this cold cruel wrestling world she was the purest of baby faces and now she's just I don't even know who she is anymore you know who is this person she's just going around flagrantly mildly cheating and <laughs> I just. You know, I I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what life is really. And yeah, I I wrote a a sad face oh, at the end of this match. I, I wrote it down. I got very excited. no. Well, I can I can write a poem for the next show if you'd like about please, please. about my feelings about Cindy Rogers. Uh, for now, I just had to express myself in emoji, and it's a sad face emoji because this made me sad that Cindy feels the need to betray all that is good in the world and Alice in Danger like this. In Shimmer. Um, in but- Shimmer, of all places. I mean, Alice in Danger is sitting right there, and this is what you do. Like- yeah. There'll be more from Cindy later. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so backstage, Mischief um, confronts Melissa, hands her a part of a matching outfit of hers. <laughs> And says, oh. and then goes. Do you really think this will work? And then walks away. <laughs> but it was so sweet that yeah. like she thought to give her like a part of her outfit so that they could match. See again, <laughs> if they want to match, if like if we're gonna be a tag team, we have to match in some way. That's just what you know. And I think the, the line, "Do you really think this is gonna work?" is oh. very interesting. Like, it was beautiful because again, like it's. It could I mean can't trust anything. you, can I? I want to. Like, yeah, like, but can I? Like, this isn't gonna work because, like, either you or I is gonna like something's gonna go wrong. We can't possibly get along for the amount of time it takes to get through a match. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this isn't going to work uh, between us. <laughs> like, but I thought, I, yeah, but I thought that like giving her the gear to like, well, like, it's like. 
it's like there's some sort of unwritten rule in Shimmer where, like, if you're going to be a tag team, you, like, you have to try, you know? You have to match. You have to get along. So it's like, well, if we're going to do this, I'm going to have to, like, give you something so that we match, you know, at least, you know? Like, we live in a society. And, well, I think when you also, have two teams, you've got to really try to make other teams <laughs> somehow. Well, exactly. Like, oh, man. But, I mean, and the funny thing for me is that Ninety uh, percent of all of these promos that we see in Shimmer, like the the ones that are made backstage, they're all shot like in a hallway, basically, like in front of a wall, in front of nothing, or in a or in a corner. Like, and this is like one of the first times, maybe the first time I can remember them actually being backstage in a locker room, like in a room with chairs and tables and That's things. True, yeah, well, since like, she was getting changed. Well, exactly. Like, it was literally, yeah, like, in the locker room. And it was, like, the first time we've really sort of seen that side of it. Because usually the only backstage shot we get is, like, of a wall, you know? So I I like that part of it, that she was actually in the locker room getting changed in the real world when this happened. So, yeah. But, yeah, intriguing. Mm -hmm. So next up, we get uh, Lefisto versus Alison Danger. And I think the very first all-Canadian, all-women's match in Shimmer history. Ooh. Maybe I can't remember another one. Um, Possibly, yeah. This to me was just like a really great struggle, where these two were just like they were. You know, there was the vicious strikes, obviously from Lufisto and Danger handing them out, but it was just like everything was a struggle. Like it was hard. It wasn't like a technical back and forth. Everything was. They were. It looked like they had to put effort in to do a move. It was just a fun, it was kind of, uh, it was on the shorter side, but it was, I really liked this one. Oh yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And like you said, like everything that you said, I agree with, like it was short, but it was really nasty, really gritty. Everything was a struggle between them. Like, and just everything they were hitting each other with was so hard. was so nasty. Like I really enjoyed all the strikes. Like, I like I swear at one point, Lufisto actually did do, like, kabashi chops in the corner. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I was just wailing on her. And, like, but, yeah, everything was really hard. Like, because I remember at the start of the match, Prezak mentioned something, how, like, Lufisto had a bandage on her back because of some injury she suffered, you know, in another promotion doing all the hardcore shit that she does. Yeah. And... And Alison Danger made a point of like ripping, ripping the bandaid off and working like the bandaid wound that she had on her back. Like she, yeah. she was like hitting, like you know, punching her in her wound basically, and all this. Mm-hmm. So it was like just gnarly stuff like that. Like it just, oh yeah. So everything was really snug. Everything hit really hard. Mephisto, see, did another like random ass submission that I've never seen before that was really cool and yeah and then and at the finish like basically just they were struggling like they were trying to put submissions on each other they were moving around and then like Lufisto like basically just gets in a rear naked choke gets her back and gets a rear naked choke and danger taps yeah and Simple. yeah and, and it's it was a perfect finish for the kind of match that they were having. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It could have been weird if they'd tacked that finish onto a different match, but like, that's what the match was. It was really gritty. It was almost like a shoot fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, totally. And so I, I really liked like the finish 
um, coming off that match. And also the fact that Danger just tapped clean out of nowhere. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, she's been protected, like, really well so far. Like, as <laughs> as we've been talking about, like, she hasn't really lost a lot. And when she's lost, she's, like, has been a big, you know, injury spot or, like, you know, things like that. But here she just, boom, tapped clean to Lefisto out of nowhere. Like, and and it made sense, you know? Like, it, it didn't seem out of place or anything. Like, it felt like a logical finish to the match. So, and it was a really good win for Lefisto to pick up because we were saying on the last show that she debuted to a loss. Um, and this one's actually, you know, she got to pick up the win over a big name in danger. Yeah. So and she looks good to be, in her loss too. So yeah. And she's, and she's looked good, you know, in both times. And so it's, yeah, they seem to be yeah, positioning her, um, you know, fairly up the card straight away, which, and she, and she's delivering because they've been two really, you know, really nice, Hard-hitting matches. Mm-hmm. And um, interesting, no uh, Daphne on commentary that I noticed here for this no. match. Maybe she didn't want any more hard-hitting questions from Chris. Yeah, she's ducking out because Dave <laughs> was uh, hounding her too much. Um, so, interesting. So, next up, uh, Amber O'Neill versus uh, the returning Josie, who wasn't on Volume 7, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I... I I always find it fascinating when someone's on one of the two volumes from the same day. That's uh, fascinating, but yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, how they put these cards, and that's what I'm. That's what I was talking about on the last show when we we're talking about Melissa not having a match and being thrown together with Daisy. It's like, you know, some people do have a match. Like maybe she was going to randomly face Josie on the last card. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe. And then they dropped her to put it with um dropped her to put it with Daisy to make a main event because of Becky and etc etc so like Josie had no opponent so she didn't have a match yeah yeah but it wasn't important that they kept her on you know so like maybe that's maybe I don't know you know so it's just yeah interesting that she was on one but not the other you know so yeah but of course the return of Josie means the return of (laughs) booty 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 racket everywhere (laughs) yes and we're all happier for it um <laughs> so um yeah this match here this I, I love the commentary on this so like first you know dave's talking about how they're they're both on losing streaks so they both need to get back on track um and then danger's back on commentary right and for some reason she thought that because she beat amber on the last show amber should be more humble and less cheating but because she was more <laughs> arrogant, Danger was very unhappy. <laughs> she didn't learn any of the lessons that she was trying to. Yeah. But see, but see, I have an I have an alternate theory for okay. Alice in Danger. You see, as as we discussed on the last show, when Amber O'Neill faced Danger, she turned down a lot of the healing. That's true. And a lot of the cheating. I guess because you know Alice in Danger is on you know cheating alert. Yeah. Um. So maybe Amber O'Neill was like, well. I didn't get anywhere trying to turn it down, so I'm just going to have to ramp it back up again. Okay. And it's safe now because she's not facing danger. Danger you know? wasn't impressed. No, but I mean, she's on commentary. It's you know She's far enough away. Oh, okay, it's safe. <laughs> she can just threaten murder on commentary, but she's not <laughs> going to kill you know, tonight. So, yeah. So, But I mean, she dialed it all the way back up today. <laughs> I mean, even before it started, because she was like yelling at the crowd. And yelling at Josie, saying, because that's what she said to Josie. She told Josie before the match began, 
I just went toe-to-toe with Alice in Danger. What makes you think I'm threatened by this hood rat, I think she called her. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Racism, first of all. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean she just she just went all in straight away. And also someone in the crowd yelled at Amber, You suck and she turned around and said, Your mama sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> she's come back. She's just full of sass today. Yeah. And I wonder if there's more sass in the black outfit as opposed to the pink one. Maybe. Maybe like her powers changed. See again, the the, the power is in the outfit. Yeah. You know. As so as so is. many women often feel like it's it makes all the difference. So who knows? Fun little stuff there. Um hmm. Alright, let's check back in with Cindy Rogers. And Alice in Danger gets her chat that she wanted, right? And she did. She, well, I couldn't do it, so Danger had to do it for me. Yeah. So she's basically like, why are you cheating? You're good. Don't cheat. You're way above this. You're a better person. Cindy Rogers be better. And Cindy's like, um, I'm losing a lot. I need to cheat to win. Basically, is what she said. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, <laughs> she's just like, what? She's like, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And then, yeah. like, and Danger was like, no, you're better than that. And Cindy was like, no, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. <laughs> I'm not losing anymore. Fuck. Like, yeah. Yeah, but, so I just, yeah. Danger yeah. didn't really get through, and, you know, Cindy's gonna Cindy now. And I just, I mean,. If that's what you want to do, then fine. Okay, Cindy? It's fine. Well, there's... there's Looking ahead, the next volume has a fascinating um, continuation of this story. So, look forward to it. Can't wait. (laughs) Um, Next up, Malia Hosaka versus uh, Nikki Rocks. Oh, boy. Malia is the most fun wrestler in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Like the part where she goes to Bryce and she's she makes Bryce check rocks for everything and then makes sure that Bryce has to tell her the rules and then he's 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 try she's also trying to get Bryce to tell the crowd the way to react to like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was ridiculous and awesome. Uh, I yeah. loved it. Uh <laughs> She was going all out today. Like I, I wrote down this is the best Malia Hasaka match, like and performance so far. Like she, this was her match. It was. She and was she so went good. all out, just all out. And Betty, like, so I, I love the healing that she was doing, but I also like, I also love like the rest thing that she was doing as well. Like she hit this really nice like spin kick. Yeah. On Nikki and. Yeah, just so the things that she was doing while she was on top, because she was cheating so much to get on top, like, I really liked it. Like, she did a rolling cradle at one point, like, but it was kind of, it was really organic because it was like, um, she put, like, the leg, like, the leg full Nelson on, on Nikki, and then Nikki tried to, like, roll out of it, and then she just went with her and ended up doing the rolling cradle, like, going all the way around, and so, so, like, I... Yeah. It was fun. And and again, uh Malia Hosaka 
is another one who decided to bite someone to get out of a submission. <laughs> Something, some sort of zombie virus is infecting <laughs> the Shimmer roster because a lot of girls were biting on this taping. There was. <laughs> as a way of... <laughs> Maybe someone, like, escape. gave out, like, a delicious, like, a body cream or something. Mm. Maybe everyone's just really tasty today. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Nikki here gets a surprise roll-up win. So, like, she's still not, like, dominating to get her victories, but she is getting victories. So she yeah. she keeps getting her and push. I'm, and she she is far better fighting from underneath anyway. Like, yeah. whether it's from Kong or even just here from, like, underneath of Osaka. So, yeah, I mean, like, I was worried when Nikki came out in shorts because I was convinced <laughs> that her power was in her pants. <laughs> that, the but, I mean, she stood in... between the two volumes really did her wonders. I don't know. Yeah. What she was doing. No, yeah, she time, was. But she, she got a lot yeah. better. She really did. Like, it's been a good five months for her, clearly. And, yeah, because even though she was in shorts, she still did really well here. Like, just fighting from underneath and just taking all of Osaka's shit. And, yeah, but so this was fun. But like I said, this was like a complete Malia Hosaka performance and the probably her best one so far Yeah, on eight, eight shows. So, yeah. All right, moving on. We got Natty Nightheart versus uh, Ariel again. And <laughs> Natty... I know she was a heel on the last volume, but she seemed to jump, like, really pick that up on this show. Um, even to the point where she jumped into the referee's arms. To, <laughs> I love that. To avoid Ariel. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, like, whatever the heels, like, took between tapings today, like, because all the heels are just showing out on this show. Yeah. You know, Lexi, Malia, and Amber O'Neill, and now Natty, like, Everyone's just like competing to be the biggest heel on the show. And yeah, Natty was great, like stalling and running around. And yeah, like you said, she was doing a run around and then ended up jumping into the the referee's arms, who promptly dropped her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she had the cell being dropped by the referee. Yeah. She wasn't happy. And then like she basically at one point, like basically distracted the ref by saying look over there. Like, I I think it wasn't really much beyond that. I think she was like, oh, that guy threw something at me. And the ref was like, what? Distracting distraction? And she cheated. Like, it was like literally like your shoes are untied, ref. Like, yeah, it was great. But it worked. So, you know. Yeah, it was, it was just all good back and forth and Natty gets the, the sharpshooter win like she needed to. Uh, and Ariel can uh, take those losses because she's kind of high up in the card, but she's not, you know? Yeah, she's sort of like fine for the undercard, like. Yeah. And she she also has a name now because she's now the Portuguese princess Ariel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, this was a good name for Natty to go over. Um, yeah, I like. I mean, it's sort of it wasn't as interesting to me once the heel antics settled down. <laughs> like my <laughs> favorite part was the beginning when all that fun stuff was happening. But I mean, this was fine, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. This next match, though, um, I was really into. Uh, this was Tiana Ringer versus Daisy Hayes, and this is like the highest up in the card we've seen Ringer. And yeah. she was fucking awesome. But like, Hayes was pushed down the card because she lost to Melissa, right? So 
she wasn't the main event anymore. She needed to go down to prove herself. And Rigger was fucking awesome in this. Uh, and Hayes, you know, the the great baby face she was. Uh, and then, so the the first half of the match was just good like that, right? It was just kind of like Ringer's the heel and Hayes is this great baby face. But later on, they started like mounting each other and punching each other in the face. And they just, all this vicious stuff just started happening. And it became just this great, great match that kind of blew me away. I don't know what you thought about this, but I was super impressed. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I enjoyed this a hell of a lot. And like you said, this is the first time they've pushed Tiana Ringer this far up the card. And she uh, absolutely delivered on it. Like, on she repaid the faith shown because, you know, like we said, whatever she's been doing between tapings, which, you know, was going to Mexico and working Lucha for a bit, like, she's come back a different wrestler. Yeah. And she definitely showed it here. She was really, really good here uh, the whole way through. Like you said, like, like this went a fairly long time, I felt, like in a good way. Like it just kept going and going. And, you know, and again, like we said, because Tiana Ring has, you know, generally been on the undercard, you wouldn't think that Daisy Hayes would take this long to beat her. But then it became like it was this huge back and forth match. And Tiana was absolutely matching her. And it was just, so good and like like you said by the end they were really laying it in mm-hmm. and they were, were really dropping some bombs on each other like there was a point where I want to say it was Tiana Ringer who had like the full Nelson on and then turned it into like a slam like it was like an implant buster but like with a full Nelson like I don't even know how to explain it but like yeah. she just fucking spiked her head with a full Nelson on, like, and sat down with it. It 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 was nutty. Like, I absolutely love that move. Yeah, and there was and a that lot should of really points. that should really be her finisher. Frankly. Yeah, that was. Uh, she she had some finisher that she kept not being able to hit, and yeah. Hayes kept countering it, and then eventually countered it, hit the the heart punch and the Yakuza kick, and uh, yeah. Really good match, and Hayes uh, back into the winning category. Maybe she can get back into the main event. We'll see. But Ringer here, uh, I think she came out of this these tapings looking like a star. So yeah. we'll see what she does going forward, but um, uh, I'm liking it. Yeah, because yeah, Tiana Ringer has been someone that they've like generally used like in the opening match, you know, in the opening couple matches, like really on the undercard. And she now seems like someone that they should push up to a higher role. Like kind of like what they've been doing with Nikki rocks, like moving her up. Like yeah. I, like she seems now she seems like the next one that. Yeah. The they're going to invest in of that. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Cause yeah, she's definitely delivered on this taping uh, with a really good showing here, particularly. And I mean, Daisy is Daisy and every, every single show I'm impressed with Daisy and mm. she is just great. She was great here again. Really good, and I, I like the way that like once Tiana Ringer took over her and was really you know beating on her, and this match was going on and on. Daisy was throwing in a lot of like pins, like whenever yeah. she'd get an opening, whenever she get a hope spot, she'd like roll her up, you know, or she'd like do another like fancy roll up schoolboy whatever, like just trying to get a pin and like that kind of like 
like strategy for an underneath baby face is really cool. Like I just, this is getting really tough. I need to try and get out of this, you know, like, and it was kind of like, she was the veteran against Tiana Ringer as well. So it's like, she's the veteran. She knows that how to get a pin out of nowhere. So she was sort of like trying these things to get out of this match because Tiana was like bringing it to her, you know, and then she finally, you know, finally got a finish on and then, and then beat her. But it was, yeah, a really big test for her. And she like she sold the fact that it was really well. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this was this. I'll, I'll tell anyone that basically from that match on to the end of the show, you should go out of your way to see fucking great stuff. Uh, yeah. But next up, we get a recap of uh, the mischief Melissa Minnesota home wrecking crew situation, and then we get that match and. Um, Melissa and Mischief both coming out with green and black and the, you know, the chains kind of matching. She was wearing the thing that she gave her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. Like, they got in the ring and they were both matching and I was just like, I love it. And so, like, if this was a romantic comedy and not wrestling, like, this was the moment with which they would start to realize they're attracted to each other. Yeah. Like, if that makes sense, like this is the moment, like, oh, we don't have to fight. Like, you know. <laughs> we can be friends. Um, see, this is where my mind immediately goes. This is why I kind of have nice things. But anyway. Yeah. I also I think it's hilarious that like the one established tag team in Shimmer, like even like in the very beginning, was that the Minnesota homewrecking crew, yeah. Lacey and Rain. They were already a tag team before this even started. They never tag up. And the only times they've ever had tag matches in Shimmer is against partners who hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's almost <laughs> like they're they're picking their spots pretty smartly. Like, they've never just had a normal tag match. <laughs> Why would they? They're too good. And well, they it's... only want to beat people that will make them look good. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're so heel. It's great. Um, they're only facing the top guys. That's <laughs> the only yeah. way they can. And, like, so early on, um, so they they were doing the, the southern tag stuff, a lot like the experience, but only like way better and way more high end and less sticky, you know, just uh, yeah, more wrestling wise. So that was good. Um, man, this was so good. Uh, <laughs> Melissa is just so fucking awesome. I, I did really like a point. Mis- Mischief and Melissa, they do like a double roll up. Um, but yeah. Bryce, the referee, Bryce Ramsberg, was like, um, both of you can't pin someone at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I lost it when that happened. Because I, I mean, in every single tag match, when that happens and they do the double pin, the ref's always just like, fuck it, I'll count the pin. Like, that's yeah. cool. And Bryce was like, no, there are rules here. You can't have illegal people in the ring get out. Like, <laughs> yeah. and- wow. Yeah, and like the whole match, it, it did have this great story of uh, basically the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew are a tag team, and Melissa Mischief aren't, and like that kind of was their downfall. Um, yeah, and I like I absolutely loved the fact that that was the story of the match, but they didn't portray it in the sense that like Melissa and Mischief were getting at each other or like sabotaging each other or angry at each other. It's like just they, they were weren't both- experienced. Yeah, they they'd never tagged before. They're not friends. They don't have that connection that the that the heels have, and that's why 
they were losing the match. Like, it wasn't because they were fighting with each other. It's just yeah. because they weren't as good a tag team as the other team. Like, yeah. And I, I absolutely loved that about it. Because when you have these situations where, like, oh, these tag team partners hate each other, can they get along? Every single time, it's all, like, at some point, they just start fighting with each other. But it's like, you know, in Shimmer, it's different. The environment is different. Everyone wants to win. Everyone's committed to, like, being the best wrestler and all this sort of stuff. And so it's like, they and they knew they had to get along to to win this match, and it's like they got along yeah. to try and win the match, but they just couldn't because you know because they've never done it before, and they're not really you know they don't have that connection. And you could see it especially towards the end with the finish. Like I thought it was fucking genius the whole oh, entire yeah. finish, He's like the way that like like because even during the match like the heels would work the ref and like the ref missed a hot tag to Melissa because he like the heels were distracting him, blah, blah, blah. And these things just kept happening. So towards the end, it was like, you know, again, it wasn't that they were fighting or that there was a miscommunication or they bumped into each other and like, like something like big like that, something like overtly, you know, they can't get along. It was just kind of like, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, so the heels distracted the ref at the right moment, and they were out of position at like the exact moment that the heels could double team, and like, you know, so it just it was like really, really, they were really subtle about it, yeah. and even at the finish, like the like the heels came in and did a double team, and like, and then kept going on, and eventually Rain hit a finish on Mischief and Pinto, I want to say. I'm I, I have Lacey hitting the internet DDT that I didn't write down on here. I think it was on Mischief, though. It was on Mischief. Okay, it was Lacey. I know I, I it was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and like any lesser promotion, um, Melissa would have like walked out on a match or like yeah, accidentally what... hit Mischief yeah. to the win. But there wasn't any of that. It was just like, I'm trying to break up the pin, but my timing isn't good because we're we haven't teamed before and that causes a distraction that leads to you know yeah it, it was very good absolute genius yeah and then at the end right like it looks like they're gonna fight but they just shake hands it's like oh, you know we tried we tried yeah we tried um you know but but they were you know they got us like and yeah it was just like I said, amazingly well done and amazingly uh, fitting for the environment that they're in and for the kind of, you know, promotion that Shimmer is. Um, I absolutely love that that's how they did it instead of, like, the corny over the top, you know, we hate each other, we're going to fight again now, or, like, you know, miscommunication, bonk heads at the finish, or, I, you know, someone ducks and I accidentally hit you instead. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you can see all of those finishes, like, coming when these things happen but like this this was like they sort of like inverted the trope you know what i mean like they yeah. sort of turned it on its head by like not leaning into that by just having them get along but they still weren't good enough because i think like and even even like if this happened in wwe and the two people who hated each other actually did manage to get along they would have won they would have won yeah you know what i mean they absolutely would have won and they would have beaten the tag team clean. But, like, that's not, you know, Shimmer is as close to, like, sort of real athletic competition 
as you get in this environment. And it's like, that's not what should happen. These guys should lose to a real tag team. And they did. And it wasn't for lack of trying and it wasn't for, you know, fighting, but it's just tag teams are tag teams for a reason, you know? And so, yeah, I just, I cannot stress enough how much I love the way that they did this and the way they did the finish and the fact that they shook hands and left it, you know, okay, you know, stable again, I bet. Yeah. They're sort of like, it's like now that they did that, they seem like open to the idea of like, well, maybe I don't have to hate you. Maybe I don't have to keep fighting with you. You are pretty badass. Like you did get yeah. ass. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I just, I, so and it's what's like, it's even better then- about this though, mm. is that, and I'm just thinking about this because of the next match. Remember Mercedes and Sarah Del Rey, they tried it and it didn't work for them when they tasted Minnesota home wrecking crew. Yeah. They didn't they get got, the good results they got beaten, like this. Yeah. And then they, they devolved into fighting again. Yeah. You know? So it's like they they couldn't get together with that. But like these and it's funny because these guys are the ones that hated each other. But it's like after the two big matches that they had where they beat the shit out of each other, they had those two big, you know, gimmick matches. It's sort of like all the hate is kind of like drained. It's like I don't have the energy to hate you anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's it feels like you can't really go back to fighting each other. So it's like they are finding a new point in their relationship where it's like, well, yeah, maybe I don't have to hate you anymore. Like, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating development. And so, but like they left it open-ended because they could easily like be like, well, that's it and go their separate ways. And, and that was that, or maybe they'll do it again. Maybe they'll try and be a tag team. You know, maybe they'll try and get revenge on Lacey and Rain. You know, like it just maybe eventually they will start fighting again. You know, like it's just it really they could go anywhere from here, which is what's so great about it. Great stuff. I, I love that. Uh, let's continue on with the main event: Mercedes yeah. Martinez versus Sarah Del Rey. Uh, they show highlights of the feud during Sarah Del Rey's entrance, which is a, a neat way to do it. I like that, and. Man, this match from even before the fucking bell till the end was one of my favorite things we've ever watched. Um, I'll, I'll let you start, but I, I love this a lot. Well, well, first of all, I love the fact that Mercedes just jumped her uh, <laughs> before she even got in the ring. Yeah. It was a big, big jump start. She just came out and started wailing on her on the floor, like threw her into the guardrail, like just beating the shit out of her and forcing Sarah to fight back. So they're already fucking going at it. Yeah, like you said, before the bell, before Sarah even gets in the ring. And and then they keep, you know, they keep going on the floor to the point where Sarah Del Rey does a somersault senton off the apron onto the floor. <laughs> yeah. And kills her. Yep. This whole thing is just fantastic. And then, and then they get in the ring and have a fucking Mercedes vs. Sarah Del Rey match. So, <laughs> <laughs> which like, ruled. Which rules. Like, this was just, like more stiff than the other ones, though. I think. It's like they just get stiffer and stiffer, I feel. Yeah. Like, uh, but just, you know, I mean, we've seen it before in the first two matches they had. And I mean, anyone, you know, who's seen them wrestle would know. Like, it's just the way that they wrestle is so good. Like, it's so snug, it's so tight, it's so, like, really like well wrestled you know what i mean but they also at this point 
you know, they're like, I have to beat you, you know, I have to beat you. And that's why the strikes get harder. That's why the shots get harder. That's why the bombs get bigger. Like, there were a lot of huge, huge bombs in this match. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a giant, like, super, like, avalanche German suplex off the top. There was a big, <laughs> like, giant super avalanche fall away slam off the top. Yeah. Like, there really was bombs yes, that were busting I wrote out. in, like, huge cap letters the... Basically, Sarah Del Rey does the Eddie Guerrero on Rey Mysterio powerbomb to Mercedes, where, like, yes! she bounces after. Oh, that was brutal. Absolutely obliterated her with that powerbomb. That was, yeah. and it was, that was towards the end. That was a really big near fall that I yeah. loved. Yeah. And I just, and the other thing, and I didn't, from, sorry, the second match that they had with each other. There was a point during the second match, during the no time limit match, where Sarah Del Rey busts out a tope. Because it's like, boom, we need to start like throwing to like throwing anything at this woman. I need to beat her. Sarah Del Rey hits her with a tope. In this match, it was Mercedes who's the one that busted out the tope. And it's like you never really see Mercedes do that either. Like, not like she generally stays on the match. She generally strikes and does, you know, and grapples and stuff. She busted out a turpe in this match. And it's like, last time, Sarah's the one that sort of, like, dug down and reached and did that. And she's the one who ended up winning the match, the second one. Here, Mercedes is the one that kind of, like, needs the win more. You know what I mean? Like, she needs to beat her. She comes back. She's throwing the big turpe that she's busting out of nowhere and all this sort of stuff. And, and Mercedes is the one. And also, see, Mercedes, again, is added to the list of people who are biting people to get out of submissions. <laughs> yeah. Because she did that in this match. And like, and when Mercedes does it, it's not like a heel tactic. It's just that I, I'm i locked in this submission. She's really good, and I need to get out of this because I have to fucking win this match. You know? Yeah. Like, it was just desperation that made her do that. Oh, my favorite desperation part was when she just, like, unleashed about a hundred forearms in a row that were like the meanest uh, forearms ever. <laughs> oh, it was so good. But like, and I remember that moment too, because just before that, I can't remember what had happened. I think maybe that was the point at which Sarah Del Rey hit the big fall away slam off the top rope, which was a huge bump. Like she launched her through the air. So they're both down after that point and so, and the ref even starts counting them. Like they're teasing like a double count out at that point. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes is the one who, like, can't – she literally can't get up. She's, like, struggling to get up. And then when she does, she kind of looks like she's like, well, fuck this. I need to go now. And that's when she goes, <laughs> boom. And she just, like, boom, forearm, 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 and, like, and unleashes this flurry, like, flurry of strikes on her. But it was kind of like – because, like you said, it was desperation. It was like, well, I need to go now or I'm fucked. Yeah. You know, and that's when she started doing that. And I just, oh, and yeah, and that's when she got hit with that fucking sick powerbomb, the Eddie Guerrero powerbomb. <laughs> that was And awesome. somehow kicked out. And then again, she had this like, well, I got to fucking do something. And then she hit the big Saito suplex. Four of and them. Then, and then was like, well, I just need to fucking keep doing this. And just bang, bang, bang. And hit four of them until she died. And then pinned her and Mercedes finally pinned Sarah Del Rey. What I loved about that is what she hit a Sato suplex. She didn't go for a pin and Sarah Del Rey kicked out. She's like, I'll do that again. And yeah. She, she was like, looked at her. She's like, I'll do that again. I have one more. 
Like it wasn't like she was yeah, picking out of all these. She was just like, no, but she was just this. like, well, she's she's not dead yet. I need to keep going. Like because like like I said, it was desperation. It's like well, this is my chance. If she's gonna like, I need to do this. And if she's gonna get up, I just need to do another one. Like before she gets up, you know. Like she just had to stay on to just keep throwing this thing that's working until she finally laid down and she could pin her. Like just like out of pure exhaustion, it was like the pin was. And I think this is oh. Ray's first loss, too. So. Yeah, her first singles loss. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like, that's what they were saying. Because like she, because uh, they lost the tag match, oh. they started saying that she was like undefeated in singles competition. <laughs> yeah. Of <course>. Um. <laughs> yeah. So she. Yeah, but she was until. Yeah, until this Mercedes is the one that finally pins her. And a, yeah, and a really good sort of like finale to that series, which has been going on since the first show. And is it the finale? Like, I I want to see these two fight again. Well, I mean, it, well, it could be, and that's that's the thing that because do you? I don't know if you remember, but during the feud, there was a big point being made about how like they've had these matches, but they neither of them have actually hit their finish on the other. Yeah, and that was the whole point about. Like the first match with the draw and the and we're in the when they're in that four way together, they still never pin the other, never hit. And then uh, the third match, it was the fact that Sarah Doray rolled her up or did something something different. Like she didn't pin her with a finisher. She kind of won. I think she tapped her out with something. Yeah. And so the point still remained that neither of them had hit their finish on the other. So it's like if only Mercedes had hit her finish, maybe she, you know, maybe maybe because she hit it all the way in the first match before the time ran out, you know. So this match we come back, and then Mercedes comes back with all these Saito suplexes and wins that way. Neither of them have still hit their finish on the other. Yeah. So there actually is room to move there because they could still go back and say, well, you know, I, if I just hit my finish, I could still beat you, you know. They could they could do it again, and this is the thing they've managed to make this whole feud, these three really major matches plus the four way that we're in plus the tag match they're in together. They've had this whole feud, and had you know two clean wins over the other, one over the other, and they still haven't hit a finish on each other. <laughs> but and but they still felt really epic. You know what I mean? Like all these matches, they felt really epic. They had big near falls. They, you know, escalated. And the finish all these finishes felt like finishes. Yeah. And they still haven't actually hit their finishing move on the other. So it's like there's still room to move. Like it's a credit to them how well they can build these matches without even doing that. Because, you know, lots of people in wrestling can't resist, you know, hitting their finishes on people. But they've been building this whole thing and they still are leaving room to move in the future whether they go to it you know sooner or later like who knows but there's still room to move there which is just fantastic work from everyone involved yeah so looking ahead um i believe uh mercedes gets injured and she's oh. not back until volume 17 oh god so, yeah but um they do go back to it eventually in like a tag match they don't get another singles but hmm. we get a tag match against each other, so um, yeah. So I, I think injuries kind of derailed that plan. So hmm. that's a shame because Mercedes is awesome. But, but yeah, still. but then like, but like, 
alternatively, like, it's like if they don't go back and have another singles match, this still feels like a complete feud in itself. Yeah, for sure. Because they've had these three big matches, they've both been able to beat the other, and it's like, well, you know, it, it feels complete, even though they could still go back to it, because like it, it, it works either way, which, again, is, is the genius about how they've built it up so far. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Like, this was a great... Uh, oh, great show <laughs> like this wrestling. is one of the best shows we've seen i think yeah this is one of the good ones yeah well i guess we'll talk about that on the next show when we do our uh some kind of year and awards we'll see what the yeah. best show is if we can come to a consensus or not uh was that your favorite match that last one uh yeah i would have to say yes yeah me too but uh the ringer haze and the tag match were both so fucking good too. Yeah. Wow. This is a very, and see, because again, like normally these shimmer shows are like cut down the middle where like mm-hmm. the first kind of four matches in the undercard and then the second half is the, the biggest stars, but it kind of felt like it was only like the final three matches that were the big, you know, the big matches. It felt like the undercard was a bit longer than usual. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Makes and sense. then like, and then, like, bang, 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 three, like, big matches that really delivered. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed all three of those matches. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, what are your thoughts about Shimmer going forward from here? Well, I mean, I'm excited. Like, now that, because, again, without our taping schedule, <laughs> we're just <laughs> trying to mimic Shimmer, just going months at a time between <laughs> tapings, but... Yeah, now that we're back into it and watching you again, I'm like, I'm so excited for where it's going. Like, knowing the kind of people that are coming in and out. Like, we didn't even have Kong on this show. No. no. On this taping. You know, we, we still got Kong to come back in, hopefully, if her schedule allows. And, you know, and we get new people like Natty in, Lefisto in, and, you know, like, Becky is a loss, but it's like, there's, like, it's like indie wrestling. You know, there's always new people to come in whenever people leave. And we have, what's you know? Daphne doing? We yeah, the what Sylvie the hell? Rogers stuff. Oh, the the mystery of Daphne and the you know the the corruption of Cindy Rogers, like it's just... <laughs> and yeah, uh, what's and Mischief it's, and, like, and Melissa going to do as a team? Yeah, are they now a team? You know, it's like all this stuff. So it's like at, at some point, it's like it's good that we have all of these questions because like we're now like eight volumes in, yeah. and it's like. I understand to a degree, like when it when this first came out, that it was sort of based on the idea of indie wrestling at the time, like Ring of Honor, like getting and the idea of getting all the women indie wrestlers in one place at one time, which wasn't really happening anywhere at the time because they're all just like the one women's match on a on a Ring of Honor show or on an IWA Mid South show or wherever they were wrestling. You know, there was never like a fully formed women's division really anywhere, and now they're all in one place having all these sort of dream matches against each other, like the the stars of indie wrestling at the time. And it's like that um, that sort of sustains this, like it, we're a year in and that sort of sustains this at least initially. But like, I feel as well soon enough, they really should start introducing some stakes to what's happening. Like not just yeah. putting on individual cards with, you know, with work rate matches, like, they do a lot of good a good job of progressing feuds that they have, but like a lot of these people feel like they're just coming out and wrestling a match and then going like it. 
they need to actually be going towards something. So it's like I don't know when the they're going to start to introduce titles and things like that, but it feels like that's the next step it's that they need to take. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so it feels like it's about that time where they should introduce a title or like, yeah, like take the next step, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, a title, you know, in the next, in the next year, <laughs> I would think it needs to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like three tapings or four tapings. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that sets us off, uh, for this volume. Um, we'll be back with our special, uh, whenever we are. And, um, thanks everyone for listening. Shimmer Herstory will return with volume nine on November the 6th. Please join us.